0: Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Sea of Monsters by Rick Riordan, Book Two, Chapter Eleven, Clarice blows up everything. You're in so much trouble, Clarice said. We just finished a ship tour we didn't want, though. Dark rooms overcrowded with dead sailors. We'd seen the coal bunker, the boilers, and engine, which huff and Grown like it would explode any minute we'd seen the pilot house and the powder magazine and gunnery deck Claisse's favorite with two dark green smooth bore cannons on the port the side and the starboard sides and the brooky nine inch rail gun fore and aft, all specially refitted to fire several bronze cannonballs. Everywhere we went, dead Confederate sailors stared at us, their ghostly bearded faces shimmering over their skulls. They approved of Annabeth because she told them she was from Virginia. They were interested in me, too, because my name was Jackson, like the Southern General. But then I remembered by telling them I was from New York. They all hissed and muttered curses about Yankees. Tyson was terrified of them, all through the tour, he insisted, and withhold his hand, but she didn't look too thrilled about. Finally, we were escorted to dinner. The C.S.S. Birmingham's captain quarters were about the size of a walk-in closet, but still much bigger than any other room on board. The table was set with white linen and china, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, potato chips, dots of pepper, were served. By skeleton crewmen, I didn't want to eat anything served by ghosts, but my hunger overruled my fear. Tantalus expelled you for eternity, Clarice told us smugly. Mr. D said if any of you show your face at camp again, he'll turn you into squirrels and run you over with his SUV. Did they give you the ship, I asked? Of course not. My father did. Ares? Clarice sneered. You think your daddy is the only one with sea power? The spirits on the losing side of every war owe a tribute to Ares. That's their curse for being defeated. I prayed to my father for a naval transport, and here it is. These guys will do anything I tell them, won't you, Captain? The Captain stood behind her, looking stiff and angry. His glowing eyes fixed me with a hungry state. If it means an end to this eternal war, ma'am, peace at last, we'll do anything. Destroy anyone. Clarice smiled. Destroy anyone? I like that. Tyson gulped. Clarice, Amber said. Luke might be after the police too. We saw him. He got the coordinates and he's heading south. He has a cruise ship full of monsters. Good. I'll blow him out of the water. You don't understand, Amber said. We have to combine forces. Let us help you. No, Clarice pounded the table. This is my quest, smart girl. I finally get to be the hero. And you two will not steal my chance. What? what, Where are your cabin mates at? You were allowed to take two friends with you. Weren't you? They didn't. I let them stay behind to protect the camp. You mean even the people in your own cabin wouldn't help you? Shut up, pussy. I don't need them, or you. Carissa said, Tandilus is using you. He doesn't care about the camp. He'd love to see it destroyed. He's setting you up to fail. No, I don't care what the Oracle... She stopped herself. What? I said. What did the Oracle tell you? Nothing. Carissa's ears turned pink. All you need to know is that I'm finishing this quest, and you're not helping. On the other hand, I can't let you go. So were prisoners and with acts? Guess yes for now cleese propped her feet up on the white linen tablecloth and opened another Doctor pepper captain take them below assign them hammocks on the berth deck if they don't mind their manners show them how we deal with enemy spies the dream came as soon as i fell asleep Grover was sitting at his loom, desperately unravelling his wedding train, when the boulder door rolled aside and the cyclops bellowed. Ah! Grover yelled, Dear! I didn't... You were so quiet! Unravelling, Polymeses roared. So that's the problem. Oh no! I wasn't... Come! Polymeses grabbed Grover around the waist and half-carried, half-dragged him through the tunnel of the cave. Grover struggled to keep his high heels on, His hooves, his veil kept tilting on his head, threatening to come off. The Cyclops pulled him into a warehouse-sized cabin decorated with sheep junk. There was a wool-covered, lazy boy recliner and a wool-covered television set, crude bookshelves loaded with sheep, collectible, coffee mugs shaped like sheep faces, plastered figurines of sheep, sheep board games and picture books, and action figures. The floor was littered with piles of sheep bones, and other bones that didn't look exactly like sheep, and bones of satyrs who'd come to the island looking for Pan. to set Grover down only long enough to move another huge boulder. Daylight streamed into the cave, and Grover whimpered with longing. Fresh air, the cyclops dragged him outside to a hilltop, overlooking the most beautiful island I'd ever seen. A ship kind of like a saddle cut in half by an axe, there were a lush of green hills on either side, and a wide valley in the middle, split by a deep chasm that was spanned by a rope bridge. Beautiful streams rolled to the edge of the canyon and dropped off in rainbow-colored waterfalls. Parrots fluttered in the trees, and pink and purple flowers bloomed on the bushes. Hundreds of sheep grazed in the meadows, their wools glinting strangely, like copper and silver coin. And at the center of the island, right next to the rope, bridge was an enormous twisted oak tree with something glittering in its lowest bow. The golden fleece. Even in a dream, I could feel its power radiating across the island, making the grass greener, the flowers more beautiful. I could almost smell the nature magic at work. I could only imagine how powerful the scent would be for a Seder. Grover! Whimpered, Yes, Polymetheus said proudly, see over there, Felice is the prize of my collection, stolen from heroes long ago, and ever since, free food. Saders come from all over the world, like to flame, Saders good eating, and now, Polymethas scooped up a wicked set of bronze shears, Grover yelp, but Polymethas just picked up the nearest sheep like it was a stuffed animal and shaved off its wool. He handed the fluffy mass of it to Grover. Put that on the spinning wheel, he said proudly. Magic cannot be unraveled. Oh, well, poor honey pie, Polymese grinned. Bad weaver, ha <laughs> ha. Not to worry, that thread will solve problems. Finish wedding train by tomorrow. Isn't that thoughtful of you? He he he. But dear, Grover gulped. What if someone were to rescue, I mean, attack this island? Glover looked straight at me, and I knew he was asking for my benefit. What would keep them from marching right up here to your cave? Wifey scared? So cute, not to worry. Polymesis has scared of the security system. Have to get through my pets. Pets? Glover looked across the island, but there was nothing to see except shop grazing peaceful in the meadow. And then, Polymesis growled, they would have to... Get through me. He pounded his fist against the nearest rock, which cracked split in half. Now come, he shouted back to the cave. Grover looked about ready to cry, so close to freedom, but so hopefully, hopelessly far. Tears welled in his eyes, and the boulder door rolled shut, sealing him once again in the stinky, torn, lit darkness of the Cyclops' cave. I woke to alarm bells ringing throughout the ship. The captain's gravelly voice, All hands on deck. Find Lady Karese, where is that girl? Then his ghostly face appeared above me. Get up, Yankee. Your friends are already above. We are approaching the entrance. The entrance to what? He gave me a skeleton smile. To see a monster, the sea of monsters, of course. I stuffed my few belongings that had survived the Hydra into a sailor canvas knack and slung it over my shoulder. I had a sneaking suspicion the one way or another, I would not be spending another night aboard the CSS Birmingham. I was on my way upstairs when something made me freeze. A presence nearby, something familiar and unpleasant for no particular reason. I felt like picking a fight. I wanted to punch dead Confederates. The last time I felt like that kind of anger, instead of going up, I crept to the edge of the ventilation gate and peered down to, into the boiler room. Clarice was standing right below me, talking to an image that shimmered in the steam from the boilers. A muscular man in black leather biker clothes with a military haircut, red-tinted sunglass, and a knife strapped to his side. My fist clenched. It was my least favorite Olympian Ares, the god of war. "'I don't want excuses, little girl,' he growled. "'Yes, father,' Clarice mumbled. "'You don't want to see me mad, do you?' "'No, father. No, father.' Ares will make you are pathetic. I should have let one of my sons take this quest. I'll succeed. Cleese promised, her voice trembling. I'll make you proud. You better, he warned. You asked me for this quest, girl, if you let that slimeball Jackson kid steal it from you. But the oracle said, I don't care what it said, Ares bellowed with such force, his image shimmered. You will succeed, and if you don't, he raised his fist, even though he was only a figure in the steam police friends. Do we understand each other? Aries growled. The alarm bells rang again. I heard voices coming towards me, officers yelling orders, ready to cannon. I cut back from the ventilation gate and made my way upstairs to join Annabeth and Tyson on the spa deck. What's wrong? Annabeth asked me. Another dream? I nodded, but I didn't say anything. I didn't know what to think of what I'd seen downstairs. It bothered me almost as much as the dream about Grover. Kreese came upstairs right after me. I tried not to look at her. She grabbed a pair of binoculars from a zombie officer and peered towards the horizon. At last, Captain Full Steam ahead! I looked in the same direction she was, but I couldn't see much. The sky was overcast. The air was hazy and humid, like steam from an iron. If I squinted real hard, I could just make out a couple of dark, fuzzy splashes in the distance. My natural senses told me somewhere off the coast of northern Florida. So we come a long way overnight, further than any mortal ship should have been able to travel. The engine groaned as we increased speed. Tyson muttered "Muttered nervously too much strain on the pistons. not meant for deep water. I wasn't sure how he knew that, but it made me nervous. After a few more minutes, the dark splotches ahead of us came into focus. To the north, a huge mass of rock rose out of the sea. An island with cliffs at least 30 meters tall, about half a mile south of that. The other patch of darkness was a storm viewing. The sky and sea boiled together in a roaring mass. Hurricanes in asked? that? No, Chloe said. Cherubits. And repelled. Are you crazy? Only way into the sea of monsters, straight between Carabizus and her sister Scalia. Kellyse pointed to the top of the cliffs, and I got the feeling something lived up there that I did not want to meet. What do you mean the only way? Axe, the sea is wide open. Just sail around them. Kellyse rolled her eyes. Don't you know anything? If I tried to sail around them, they would just appear in my path again. If you want to get into the Sea of Monsters, you have to sail through them." What about clashing rocks, Annabeth said. That's another gateway. Jason used it. I can't blow apart rocks with my cannons, Clarice said. Monsters on the other hand. You are crazy. Watch and learn, wise girl. Please turn to the Captain Seccord, Retired Bidus. I am lady. The engine groaned, the iron plating rattled, and the ship began to pick up speed. Clarissa said, bit, it sucks up the sea. Isn't that the story? And spits it back out again? Yeah. What about silius She lives in a cave up on those cliffs. If we get too close, her sneaky heads will come out will come down and start plucking sailors off the ship. Too scarier then I said, Everybody goes below deck, and we chug right past. No, Clarice insisted. If Scalia doesn't get her easy meat, she might pick up the whole ship. Besides, she's too high to make a good target. My cannon can't shoot straight up. Cherubis just sits there at the center of her whirlpool. We're going to steam right straight toward her, train our guns on her, and blow her to Tartarus. She said it with such relish. I almost wanted to believe her. The engine hummed. The boilers were heating up. So much I could feel the deck getting warmer beneath my feet. The smoke stacks billowed. The red Aries flagged whip in the wind. As we got closer to the monsters, the sound of Cherubitus got louder and louder. A horrible wet roar, like the galaxy's biggest toilet, began for us. Every time Cherubitus inhaled the ship, shuddered and lurched forward. Every time she ex- exhaled, we rose in the water and were buffeted By three meter waves. I tried to time the whirlpool as near as I could figure. It took Cherubitis about three minutes to suck up and destroy everything within half a mile radius to avoid her. To avoid her, we could have to skirt right next to Skilius' cliffs. And as bad as Scillia's might be, those cliffs were looking awfully good to me. Undead sailors calmly went about their business on the spar deck. I guess they fought... A losing cause before, so this didn't bother them, or maybe they didn't care about getting destroyed because they were already deceased. Neither thought to make me feel better. But gripping the rail, you still have your last full of wind, another, but it's too dangerous to use with a whirlpool like that. More wind might just make things worse. What about controlling the water, Sierra? You're Poseidon, son. You've done it before. She was right. I closed my eyes and tried to calm the sea, but I couldn't concentrate. Terribittus was too loud and powerful. The waves wouldn't respond. I I can't, I said miserably. We need a backup plan, Anna said. This isn't going to work. Anna Beth is right, Tyson said. Engine no good. What do you mean, she asked. Pressure. Pistons need fixing. Before he could explain a cosmetic toilet flush with a mighty roar, the ship lurched forward and I was thrown to deck. We were in the whirlpool. Full reverse, clearly screamed above the noise, the sea turned around us, and waves crashing over the deck. The iron planting was now so hot, it steamed. get us within firing range, make ready starboard cannon. Dead Confederates rushed back and forth. The propeller grinned into reverse, trying to slow the ship, but we kept sliding towards the center of the vortex. A zombie sailor burst out of the hold and ran to Clarice. His gray uniform was smoking. His beard was on fire. Boiler room overheating, ma'am. She's going to blow. Well, get down there and fix it! Can't the sailor, yelled. We're vaporizing in the heat. Clarice patted the side of the chase mate. All I need is a few more minutes, just enough to get in range. We're going in too fast, the captain said grimly. Prepare yourself for death. No, Tyson bellowed. I can fix it. Clarice looked at him incredulously. You? He's a cyclops, Andra said. He's immune to fire, and he knows mechanic. Go, yelled Clarice. Tyson, no! I got his arm. It's too dangerous. He patted my hand. Only way, brother. His expression was determined. Confident, even. I've never seen him look like this before. I will fix it. Be right back." As I watched him follow the smoldering sailor down the head, I had a terrible feeling. I wanted to run after him, but the ship lurched again, and then I saw Shara She appeared only a few hundred meters away, though, a swirl of mist and smoke and water. The first thing I noticed was the reef, a black crack of coral with a fig tree clinging to the top, an oddly peaceful thing in the middle. Of a mouthstorm All around it, water curved into a funnel like light around a black hole. Then I saw the horrible thing anchored to the reef, just below the waterline, an enormous mouth with slimy lips and mossy teeth, the size of rowboats. And worse, the teeth had braces, bands of cord scummy metal, with pieces of fish and driftwood, floating garbage stuck between them. Cherebittis was an orthodontist nightmare. She was nothing but a huge black maw with bad teeth alignment and overbite, and she'd done nothing for centuries but eat without brushing after meals. As I watched, the entire sea around her was sucked into the void shark, school of fish, giant squid, and I realized that in a few seconds the C.S.S. Bingham would be next. Lady Carice, the captain shouted, starboard and forward guns. in range fire Clarice ordered three rounds were blasting into the monster's maw one blew off the edge of an incinerator another disappeared into her gullet the third hit one of cherubitus retaining bands and shot back at us snapping the iris flag off its pole again clarice ordered the gunners reloaded but i knew it was hopeless we would have to pound the monster a hundred more times do any real damage, and we didn't have that long. We were being sucked in too fast. Then the vibrations in the deck changed. The hum of the engine got stronger and steadier. The ship shuddered and we started pulling away from the mouth. Tyson did it, Anabus said. Wait, Corey said. We need to stay close. We'll die, I said. We have to move away. I gripped the veil at the ship and fought against the suction of the broken Aries flag. Raced past us and lodged and Share bit braces. We weren't making much progress, but at least we were holding our own. Tyson had somehow given us just enough juice to keep the ship from being sucked in. Suddenly, the mouth snapped shut. The sea died, too. Absolute calm. Water washed over Sherry then just as quickly as it had closed its mouth. Exploded open, spitting out a wall of water, ejecting everything inedible, including our cannonballs, one of which slammed into the side of the sea at Espingham with a ding like the bell on a carnival game. We were thrown backwards on a wave that must have been 15 meters high. I used all my willpower to keep the ship from capsizing, but we were still spinning out of control, hurtling towards the cliffs of the opposite side of the strait. Another smolderous sailor burst out of the hold. He stumbled into Khalees, almost knocking them both overboard. The engine is about to blow. Where's Tyson? I demanded. Still down, the the sailor said, holding it together somehow. Though I don't know for how much longer, the captain said. We have to abandon ship. No, Clarice yelled. We have no choice, my lady. The hole is already cracking apart. She can't. He never finishes in the quick of lightning. Something brown and green shot from the sky, snatched up the captain, and lifted him away. All that was left were his leather boots. Cecilia, a sailor yelled, and another column of reptilian flesh shot from the cliffs and snapped him up. It happened so fast, like watching a laser beam rather than a monster. I couldn't even make out the thing's face, just a flash of teeth and scales. I uncatched Riptide and tried to swipe at the monster, and it carried off another deckhand, but I was too way too slow. Everyone get below, I yelled. We can't, Clarice drew her own sword. Below deck is in flame, lifeboats, Annabeth said. Quick, they'll never get us. Clear of the cliffs, Clarice said. We'll all be eaten. We have to try. Percy the Flask. I can't leave Tyson. We have to get the boats ready. Clarice took Annabeth's command. She and a few of the undead sailors uncovered one of the two emergency rowboats. While Celia had rained from the sky like a meteor shower with teeth picking off Confederate sailors one after another. Get the other boat. I threw Annabeth the Flask. I'll get Tyson. You can't. The heat will kill you. I don't listen. I ran for the boiler room hatch when suddenly my feet weren't touching the deck anymore. I was flying straight up, the wind whistling in my ears. The side of the cliff only ended from my face. Cecilia had somehow caught me by the knack snap and was lifting me up towards her. glare without thinking, I swung my sword behind me and managed to jab the thing in her belly-yellow eye. She grunted and dropped me. The fall would have been... Bad enough, considering I was 30 meters in the air, but as I fell, the css them exploded below me. Karoom! The engine room below, seeing chunks of iron flying in either direction like a fiery set of wings. Tyson! I yelled. The lifeboats had managed to get away from the ship, but not, far, not very far. Flaming wreckage was raining down. Clarice and Annabeth would either be smashed or burned, or pulled to the bottom of the fort of the sinking hell, and that was thinking optimistically, assuming they got away from Celia. Then I heard a different kind of explosion, the sound of Hermes magic blast being opened a little too far, white sheets wind blasted in every direction, scattering the light bulbs, lifting me out of the free fall and propelling me across the ocean. I couldn't see anything. I spun in the air and got clunked on the head by something hard, and hit the water with a crash that would have broken every bone in my body if I hadn't been the son of a sea god. The last thing I remembered was sinking in the burning sea, knowing that Tyson was gone forever, and wishing I were able to drown.